Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no subject. Hello dear listeners, welcome to part two of this misery fest that is Akdung Millwall this, uh, in the wake of the Ipswich shellacking last night. Joining me for um, part two of the show and then the voicemails is me, um, the Dockers, Dockers debate um, hero is Mr Michael Avery of Eref Town and Millwall now. But how are you doing Michael? Very well, Nick. Um, apart from last night, um, uh, before we get started with anything, I would just like to say the only reason I watched last night's game from 2-0 onwards was because I knew I'd be on this show. I could not have wanted to stop watching that as quick as I could. I'll tell you that now. Yeah, um, I'm with you all the way there, mate. It was a dire, dire performance. I mean, we're going to be full of content saying how dire it was last night, Over spread over two shows, listeners. I was just saying to Michael Off-Air that when you get a misery show, you tend to get a lot of content. And so I'm, I'm dividing it into two editions for this this particular take. But most, I think, of the uh, listeners will um, want our take on where the club is at. I mean, I, I've just spoken to Fizz in part one. I describe it as a full-blown club crisis, Michael, because um, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. We have a squad, that seems to me, that doesn't particularly want to play for its manager. Um, well, if that's a, if that's incorrect, someone out there correct me. But I, I, that's the way I see it. How do you see things at the moment? I'll take that further, Nick. I've got. I think you might have a club. Um, might have players who don't want to play for the club because um, I mean, it's. I, I don't like to negatively comment on people's characters if I don't know them. That's not what I'm like. Um, you can just only go by what you see. Mm. But as we've said before, they were doing this under Gary Rowett. So. Um, you know, they were doing it under Gary Rowett. Some of them who are still there were doing it under Neil Harris when he was in 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 the, the end of his spell. Um, it, Joe Joe Edwards, all, all you all you heard when he arrived was good things. You know, he was a good manager. He freshened things up. You know, like he he, you know, he went through that running with that spell of, uh, of a good run of winning games. Yeah, you know, three, he, three he wins. Said, yeah, you know, yeah. he's saying the right thing. He gets it. He gets the club. He gets the fan base. And I think he does. I think he does. And and the the thing is, is I said I saw a comment online where they said it was probably the right manager at the wrong time. I'm I'm not saying it's the wrong time yet because I do still think he needs time. Um, I think yes, he would be given more time if we weren't so precariously close to the relegation zone. But I think you've just got players there, Nick, who just 
who just don't seem like they want to know. And I just can't get my head around it. Is is it like like we pride ourselves on a fan base of being passionate and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I love being a Mill fan and I love being associated with Mill Football Club and, and all that kind of stuff, the podcast we do. And, you know, I, yeah, I love all yeah. the I love I love all the little comments and looks you get when you tell people who ain't Mill fans you're a Mill <laughs> fan. You know, I love all that kind of thing that comes with it. But are some players just thinking, look, I just need to move on. I'm, like, I'm tired of being slagged off when things go wrong. I'm getting on a bit now. Um, I want to do different things. Because as I said the other day to my boys, you know, football's a job. And, like, you know, we, yes, these are footballers. And, yeah, they lo- they grew up loving the game. They're playing the game and all the, the, the game they love. But it's a job. It's a job. You, do, yeah. you might need to freshen up. And oh, I, don't, I don't think it's a manager. I, I don't, I'd be very surprised if they don't want to specific. I mean, you're right. You're, you're right. I mean, this extends back through Gary Rowett, the late stages of Gary Rowett. Uh, and to some level, it extended into the, 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 the final days of Neil Harris because, you know, some of the players there weren't playing for him. I, 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 I mean, management is a strange thing. I've never, I was never a very good manager in any walk of life, listeners. I'll, I'll be up front. I never could manage people. Um, I wasn't naturally, um, you know, made that way. Some people are. And... But you, what you find in the world of work generally, Michael, is sometimes you can respect a manager. Sometimes you think they're, they're you know, they're up their ass or something. But um, it's your job. You're getting paid to do your best. And I didn't see that last night. I saw a first half where pretty well remunerated players were running around like, you know, if you'd have seen that Erif Town's uh, 4G pitch with kids, you'd have been very disappointed with what we were seeing. That is disrespectful and unprofessional. And I, I put the blame squarely, squarely on the squad, on, on the senior members of the squad for allowing that to develop. I mean, how good a manager Joe Edwards is, how um, how believable he is in the dressing room, I, I don't know. I don't think any of us will ever know. He may be good, he may not be, who knows. But he's entitled to be given the respect of at least given being given 100%. We did not see that last night. We haven't seen it for a few games for a while now. No, and the thing is as well is like you, you would just say second or third goal, but at one point they were just literally knocking it around, and we were watching. Walking hell, yeah, football, where they could join the walking football. football. Irith moved more than that Irith. last night, but um, the line centre. But it's just, it's just, it was <laughs> dire. It was absolutely dire. And you know what? And again, this ain't even a cliche or, or one of these little silly comments that people come out with. But basically, I've got, I've got family coming to the game on Saturday. Uh, two of my younger cousins. And they want to go down there. Um, and if I hadn't already bought them a ticket, what is the point? What are you watching? And I just said it to someone in my office a moment ago because he went, oh, you didn't do us a favour last night. I don't know. But he's obviously someone, I think Sports Stoke. But mm. he um, he just he just said to me, he, he was like, you didn't do us any favours. And I was just like, we we just, just didn't do anything. You know, I, I went and it was absolutely... didn't do ourselves any favours, mate. It was really bad. And... And I've said it online a couple of times. You're talking about the manager. You're seeing things coming out at the moment, like the manager's not got, got no clue. You know, right right manager, wrong time. Um, is tactics this, tactics that. I agree that sometimes maybe certain players um, certain players get put out and you may question why they're being put out or, or from how they have been planned or what they've been doing. But, um, and, but ultimately, and I said this in a group chat this morning to someone, it's not as if he's putting Murray Wallace up front or up like left wing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying this for comic effect, this. I'm really no. not. Or it's not as if he's going. Do you know what, Hutch? You're injured. I'm still going to put you at centre half. He's putting McNamara at a right back, right wing back ish position. Who should know what he's doing. 
You know, he's putting traditionally centre halves in the centre half position. He's putting mm-hmm. centre midfielders where they need to be. Maybe Fleming might be slightly out onto the side rather than playing as a natural ten, but he's still playing in attacking positions. They're not doing the basics of their positions. You're, and, and that's the thing. You know, Jake Cooper again is at fault for one of their goals, like he was in the Coventry game. He just lets the ball run past him, or, or, or you know, he, he should have played the ball out for a throw in, and he didn't. You know. He's putting players in their positions, asking them to do their job essentially or a slight extension of what their job should be, and they're not doing it. So where to say to someone, like if, with Edwards, do you know what, Joe Edwards, you're fucking useless. I don't, don't rate you as a manager, but I play for this club and I'm a professional. I'm just going to go out and do my job. You know, they're not doing it. And like I said online, onto Twitter earlier on, you know, everyone's saying, oh, like, like, Millwall can't play out from the back and Millwall can't knock it about and Millwall can't play out from the goalkeeper in these short passes and this, this, this. Playing it out from the back and dag triangles is what you do in training if you're a professional footballer, yeah? Short passing and moving is the basics of, or the foundations of what this is. It's a fundamental. So I don't buy it. I do not buy for two seconds that a professional footballer who trains for 15 hours a week and plays an X amount of time and like the Jake Coopers who've gone up from League One and gone through the divisions and Murray Wallace was, I do not comprehend that they yeah, don't yeah, know what yeah. to do. I don't comprehend that. Short passing. The short passing game began, listeners, in the 1880s with Queen's Park. So it's been around a long time. This is not an unfamiliar concept. I do accept that the you know, some the the, the tactics of, of of Millwall for some time has probably been based on a more direct style, perhaps. But as you say, Mike, um, you know, we we, we we our players should be they're being paid at Championship level, which is pretty good money. They should be capable as professionals to adapt their game to suit the demands of the manager, because you know, all, all through your your playing life, you've got to get used to working with different types of managers. Now, whether they like Joe Edwards, whether he's any good, I. I don't know. Um, I do wonder whether there is a certain sense that um, some one or two players are running the show and will not try for him now. Um, I think it's going to take some radical solutions. I mean, you can't, you can sack a manager, but you can't easily sack a squad. Or can you? You can start to pick players from the youth ranks and give them a go. Because I couldn't imagine that we would do any worse than playing our under 21 side out there than we saw last night. We would have seen more effort for sure. Whether we would have got the same result, I don't know. But at least we would have seen some effort in there. And we weren't seeing that last night. And that's disrespectful. Yeah, and that's my point as well. You remind me of something I said to a guy at work. You know, there's people who say that football ain't a be all and end all. And I know you've got all um, these people who say, oh, yeah, football's my life. And I'll put football before this and all that. In the grand scheme of things, football ain't the most important thing in the world. Like, Like when it comes to life, death, birth and all that kind of stuff. It's not the most important thing in the world. However, yeah. They're still charging 35 quid a ticket for that if you pound the door. It's a, it's a 450 quid season ticket where you and yeah. I sit. So they're charging for that shit. Who's going to watch that? Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's a lack of um, understanding as to, as to the thin thread by which um, some fairly good jobs are, are hanging there. But um, uh, interesting post. I'm just looking at one here from Tony, Tony Gentleman, FT Gentleman on, on uh, X. I think it's a reply to you and me, actually. Michael, we're talking about whether it's a balanced side, whether this Mill team is a balanced side. He's saying Danny Mack is not a wing a wing back. Um, SA and Fleming are two number tens playing out wide. Sarkic is not a professional goalkeeper. Um, Oberfemi is pointless up on his own, and Cooper is not a captain. 
He's got to find Apart a short- from that, it's all going well. <laughs> He's got- he, Joe Edwards, has got to find a short-term solution or we're down. I, I mean, those are all criticisms that I would kind of agree with, Tony. Um, but that said, as we've just said there, Michael, I mean, Danny Mack playing in a wing-back or a right-back position, okay, there's two different demands in the sense, but at a professional level, you should better adapt yeah. your game to suit the circumstances. Um, and he's been played in that position by other managers too. So I don't buy this number 10s playing out wide. Yeah, okay, they might be better somewhere else. Maybe a case for that, I don't know. Sarkic, I don't think is as any any worse than Jules Long. And I saw him playing mm-hmm. for Norwich the other day. He's played for us last season. So we're entitled to expect better out of our squad. And I, I, I think it's too easy. And the it's the cliched football response to sack the manager. But it's the squad that's yeah. failing us and has been failing us for a long no, time. No, I, I agree and with that. That's where the blame should in my opinion. Like, like I said in my voice note after the Coventry game, you have that really good first half and then it falls apart in the second half. There's no way, there is no way, unless, if, if, do you know what, if I'm wrong and someone knows, I'll more than happily a humble player. But there is no way Joe Edwards is saying to the players, I'll tell you what, let Ipswich knock the ball around you 25 times to let their fans start olaying us when we're 2-0 down and then we'll just see what happens. Because that's what happened last night. That's what happened last yeah. night. No, and, I agree. And the thing I is as well is that, and, and this, this goes back to it, we need to... We, I'm rubbing my my temples here. We need to we need to think of where what we have said as fans when it comes to criticizing the club and the team. We need to, and I know Harry Warren always says about the Millwall bipolar, and you know I know for a fact as well as you do. We've been following the club long enough that one minute Millwall fans are happy, next minute they're pissed off. We're part of that. We get that. But there's also some cold light of day when it comes to the judging of Joe Edwards. Now Gary Rowett might have been sort of head coach on paper. But he he is he was the manager. Neil Harris was the manager. Kenny Jackett was the manager. Steve Lomas mm. was the manager. Ian Holloway was the manager. They're all managers. They've really made a point of now saying that Joe Edwards is the head coach. So unless so unless yeah, unless yeah. No, I have completely that. read the yeah. room wrong, and again I was quite happily he unbiased. Aldo's the one doing the recruitment, and other directors. Yeah. So must be. Must be. His, his, his advice must be very, very strong. And that's exactly my point. He's signing players that he must be finding. Um, and, you know, th- those deals are being done. I don't know to what level Joe Edwards has a say in it. Um, yeah, they and, do stress and, his, his, his head coach. That's and, and, that's, and that's my point. And so the one window he had to recruit is a notoriously crap window for recruiting players because no one wants to let anyone go because, you know, they either want to run down contracts or see how they get on. Mm. It was reported in by BBC it was one of the least spending windows of all time. And as you know, like I know, Nick, you need one big transfer in January yeah. to be a catalyst for about 25 others. If that big one don't happen or a couple of seats to buy someone from... There's no domino, no. Yeah. I don't know. Man City to then start a domino effect. It might not have happened, so therefore you can't get your player. I know that sounds like an elaborated version of it. But what I'm saying is is that Edwards has come in to coach players that are being bought for him. Yes, he might have advice and yes, he might have a say-so in one way or another, but ultimately the director of football role, which we now have, is the one buying and recruiting the players. Also, as I said before a little while ago, when we signed Nisbet, oh, I'll tell you what, he was the missing link. Oh, yeah, what a player he is. Yeah, he'll, he'll get us to go up. Done nothing. Granted, he's been injured a few times, and that's that's unfortunate. 
but he's done nothing. Denore, he comes in, he's done all right, but now I see a thing online, oh, everyone knows Denore can't play two, three games in seven days. Well, when did that come up? When, where was that? I where, don't where, know, that's, that's a new one on me. Where was that four months ago when Denore was smashing <laughs> it up? You know? Um, this 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 Tenango, whatever his name is, the centre off. Oh, what a player he is! He's unbelievable. Oh, look at this YouTube video of him from two years ago. Well, that was two years ago. If he was any good, like Mike Hayden said, if he was any good, he wouldn't be down at Millwall. And then what happened? To him? But that's the um, and then and then and that's the that's the January syndrome. That's I mean, exactly my that, point. That, that... And that's exactly my point. So, what I, I will finish my point and uh, shortly. But he he plays absolute garbage. That Tenango, useless, not playing well at all. Drop him. All right, who would you replace him with? Hutchinson, he's injured. All right, who else should you change him with? Where's Harding? Oh, I can't believe he's put Where's Harding back in. What do you do then? Everyone's blaming the manager. Look how much his hands are tied. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, the problem with the January window, as as you've rightly said, as others have said, uh, Michael, is that you know, you're often signing players that are trying to regain fitness or they're making a comeback from injury. So there's an inbuilt time Laps with that, and I'm sure with Obafemi, who was ill last night, apparently, and also Tenganga, I'm sure these are good quality players. <laughs> they wouldn't have achieved the levels they had, but they're making a comeback from some pro- personal problem, mm-hmm. disaster, whatever it might be in, in, in individual cases. We've signed a youngster, Adam Mayor. We haven't really seen him, and you know he's not fitting into a team as yet. So he may come good in time, but we we are facing. A, a very dire situation. I, I keep reading online, led by Danny Baker, who I, I never Your quite new best get mate. my head around, but oh, I don't know about that. Um, but he's saying that relegation is fine and we come back from relegation. I, I think we're living in 2024 now, boys. You know, financial disasters loom in League One. Have a look down the road at, at uh, Charlton Station, see what's going on there yeah. if you want to see what League One looks and feels like. So that will be disastrous. So we do have we we do have games to play with. It's whether Joe Edwards can either motivate this team or put together a team of players that will play for him. So I don't think this the the, the outlines of the of the squad as they as they took the field last night are playing for him or will play for him. That's a problem. Whether we need to dip into the under twenty ones and make some radical choices or not, I don't know. It's a it's a big call for him, but that's what he's getting paid for. But I, I don't think this squad want to play for him. And we've said that already. So, yeah. But but the it. thing is as well with that, and, and that's, this goal always goes back to, the, the, we, we sound like broken records in dogs chasing our tails, but it always goes back to that same <laughs> argument. No, but it does. Don't it? You think, all right, okay, Joe, Joe Edwards goes. Well, who's the names who's always brought up? And all you're seeing before Edwards coming, I'll tell you what, I'll take Walnock and Eustace and, um, Walnock, and, and, and yeah, maybe Jones. Oh, oh, oh. Is, is that the, is the Walnock who couldn't get a job in England for love nor money, so he's gone up north? Is this the Nathan Jones who's now at aforementioned Cholton who are outside Cholton. the relegation zone on goal difference <laughs> and Eustace who's just taken over at a piss-poor Blackburn? Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's the circle that we're moving in. I, I, that's the, le- I, that's I the level of your very... management that you want to come in and replace. Play, I'll be very sad if we do axe uh, Joe Edwards. And the reason I'll be very sad is because the ambition of what he's tried to achieve and in flashes has achieved with clearly a mediocre, at best, a mediocre squad. I mean, we've played some really nice stuff in phases. Now, that's that's not going to win your games because it's got to be over 90. But if you're right. I mean, who are we going to bring in? We're going to have a, either Adam Barrett back again. Michael, because that's that's the obvious choice, isn't it? Adam Barrett's back in charge again, or um, we 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 nick Kevin Nugent out of the under twenty ones. Who knows how he would perform at Championship level? We don't really know that, but somehow we've got a we've got a um, you know it's easy to it's easy to dump the manager. It's almost a cliched choice. Myself, I, I think 
the better choice. We dump some of the elements of the squad that, as far as you can do, that put us in this mire because they've embarrassed themselves last night and they've embarrassed themselves under Gary Rowett. And it goes back further than that. Some of the performances under, under Rowett have been dire. Um, it's the thing, and like I said, I don't want to judge characters because you don't know what's going on behind closed doors in, in people's asses. You know, you don't. something might be going on with some players' personal lives and they're bringing it onto the field. You know, you know the whole thing, oh, I really want to play, you know, to forget about all this kind of stuff. Like when you go to work, when something's happened at home and you want to go to work, take your mind off things. And I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We've all We've been, all been there. We've so been again, there. I'm not... I've, I've done, but I'd love to know how much this is hurting these players compared to us fans. Because us, us fans, we're... we're like again, in a nicest way, it's nice to catch up, Nick. We're good, good friends. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, but absolutely. a bit of me was thinking, "Fucking, I've got to talk about that." You know what I mean? You know, and and you. Well, have a look on on Twitter, Michael. You know, you, you're talking about pain, and it, you know, maybe some might say it's a it, football's a trivial thing, but it, yeah, people people, uh, it's important. It's both trivial and important all at once. Have a look at the amount of you know comment, and I mean, I've got fourteen odd. Uh, voicemails we're going to fit into two shows here because people give a yeah. shit and do, do these other do these players give and a that's, shit and that's my point how, how, many the them, how many of them were doing what we were doing last night sitting up till like or I don't know about you I was sitting up till late last night just looking through socials first thing this morning look through socials Looks, yeah. you know because because I ain't going to yeah, lie no you're right you're right you're right you're right yeah I ain't, yeah. ain't going to lie there was a um, bit of me thinking he was going to get sacked last night well, I keep, I've been checking, as I was talking to Fizz in the other show, I've been, uh, I haven't looked on this one, but um, keep looking for the corner flag yeah, yeah, image yeah. on, uh, which will be grossly unfair on Joe Edwards in my, that's, that's my view, listeners, um, because, you know, he can only send out a team with instructions. I mean, you might question the instructions and he may or may not be a decent manager. I don't think he's really getting the full crack of the whip from this squad. That's where I put the... Andy, Andy you, you said about the team, right? And I know you only wanted to have this 15 minutes, so I'll hurry up because I apologise for taking right. your time. Right. No, How do you think he's going as a club at the moment, from your point of view? As a club? Um, we, we're in a, we have a very Millwall-strange combination. I was looking at Millwall history website. The average crowd this season has been 16,000-plus. Now, that's never... That's brilliant. That's not happened yeah, that's since... Brilliant. The heyday of post-war football. We're talking about nineteen sixties, you know, where we've averaged sixteen thousand plus. We've had games where we've got around that level, but they're normally big games against name opponents. And um, for that for that to be achieved by the the marketing team because they're doing deals, and I take the piss out of it by calling them when I sit in that bird shit group on stand. Um, but anyway, bums on seats are being put there. We've had some some we've signed some good players. Um, who have not performed. So there's an odd combination of good stuff and amateur hour. I do think I do think that there's some something amiss at the club um, within the squad, and more generally, I think we still hanker after a kind of a uh, a Millwall that isn't isn't a real professional side, um, a real professional club. We, we still get a bit sentimental. I mean, look at this whole Lurch business recently where Lurch, the steward on match day that will chuck you out if you use the wrong language or misgender somebody or something. Um, but Lurch will throw you out and they'll be cooking, um, you know, fat-free uh, for stuff at Calment Road. There's something fundamentally amateur-ish about that, Michael. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that amateurish sense 
which has been there since, you know, I can wax lyrical about the 1970s when the club shop was run out of a, a shed on Colblow Lane. Well, there's still a bit of that knocking around. We've never really shaken it. I don't know whether we can shake it, whether that's Millwall, mm-hmm. whether that is Millwall or whether that's... Yeah, if it's the character. So it's a, I don't know. It's a, it's a mixture. I don't know if I've even answered your question. I probably haven't, but it's a mixed bag, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say that because I was going to say, I think there are a lot... It's a shame because there are a lot of things we're doing right. I think I think even though the fans are are sort of spatting their opinions and on and, and the, the way they want it, they're entitled to, I think the fans, like you said, have been absolutely superb this season. Um, I think yeah. I think numbers have been great, um, regardless of going away. Eight hundred, eight hundred for a twelve o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. Yeah, up at Coventry, that's pretty good. Yeah, and and back the club, and and you know, <laughs> there's obviously some kind of reach because you know, as you say, you know, we sat tongue in cheek about the group on corner and all that, but you know, there is a more international fan base now coming in. Joe, Ooh. Joe from Chicago rings in a lot. Um, yep. You know, so obviously it is reaching out there, but like you say, it, it just. We we fall down in other areas, and could this be again? You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Could could the areas where we're falling down and not reaching our potential, could that be having a knock on effect with the first team? Because you know, like for example, you know, you know, you hear it all the time. You know, like when when teams going to go and admit, I mean, Millwall ain't in danger of this as far as I know. But you know, the whole going into administration, this and oh, and and so on, so on. has it had a knock on on the team and all this kind of stuff? Um, you don't know whether you know, like, like the way the sales department is, or anything like that. The, the cash revenue in from there isn't as great, so we can't invest in the players we want. So the players might be mm. like, "Well, what's the point? Because we ain't getting anyone decent in because the club shop ain't selling enough shirts." For example, if, if that's the linkage they're making, then they're doing the wrong business. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, they of course, should, of course, they, of course, they should yeah. take up. Um, they should take up some other sport, badminton or something like that. If that's the linkage that they think, yeah. Is there. But no, it's just um, um, I've, I've, I think like I'm, I'm very similar to you. I think, yeah, I think in, in areas and, and with regards to numbers and bums in seats at the den, I think we're doing absolutely brilliant. And long may it continue. Um, but again, yeah, there, there's other areas where we're still we're still lagging. Well, I've just, just as we've been speaking, I've been checking the club's Twitter feed. And so far, as of we recording this show, there is no corner flag image. So it looks like Joe's on for Saturday. Um, high noon, set or three o'clock, high three o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon, Saturday. Huge game, Sheffield Wednesday at home. Um, I think that will be, um, it's a must win for Joe Edwards. Anything less than three points is going to be... Um, He's done. Probably, well, he, he might be done. Uh, would a draw do? Would a draw do, Saturday? Um, do you know what? There's even a bit of me that's thinking. I mean, if we if we lose, it will be a disaster. Loss is a disaster. I agree. Uh, and a performance like last night it will be a, a absolute disaster. Um, would would a draw keep him in a job? I, it, it depends on the performance, Nick. It would be, it depends on the quality you're seeing on the pitch as well. Because if if it's a one all, but we hit the bar seven times, you know you can't blame him for that. But if it's, <laughs> but if but if it's one all and we've not had a shot and it's a 94th minute goal off the back of Lee Gregory's arse who comes on as an 89th minute sub, um, <laughs> then he might go. You know, but, as long as it's the opponent's woodwork or probably you say, you say that recently, who, who was the manager recently who got sacked after winning a game? I mean, I think I think even even if you go down to the non-leagues, I think Welling United, it was either Welling United or Dartford, one of those two, they won a game and then two hours later sacked their manager after they won. So you can't predict... Yeah, I mean, it's a, to- you can't predict it's a totally different... No, a totally different level. And, you know, that's going to be the like, first thing people say when you start talking about clubs like Fisher and Welling. But 
I noticed that um, the, the Fisher manager came back. He, he left them in a big blaze of oh AJ, AJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now he's come back after about four weeks later. So you know, sometimes you have to swallow your pride and um, tough in the moment. You don't but, think that's why Gary so, Rowett's been doing all the punditry at Mill because he's trying to get I back in. That was just around the corner. Didn't he get slagged last night? I wasn't there last night. I was watching it on the telly. So, um, oh, can you can you imagine Harry? Know. Can you imagine Harry Warren if Gary Rowan comes back? <laughs> He'd have apoplexy, wouldn't he? Michael, big thank you, mate. We've got we've got um, a, a, a load of uh, voice notes to run through. Normally, I do little comments afterwards. I won't be doing that much in the way I comment to each because I just don't have the um, there's so many and uh, I don't have the time. I'm going to try and get these shows out this afternoon. So, the eccentric fella who's been ringing in. Oh, Bobby! Bobby, oh. <laughs> he's getting a cult. He's getting a cult following, Bobby. <laughs> oh, I hope we get one from Bobby. Oh, yeah, then he rings back. He's hello. Do you know the bit that gets me with Bobby T is when he goes, oh, "Right, okay, Nick, see you later on." Bleep. One more thing. And then he rings. Back. <laughs> that bit always gets me. One, and then one more thing. One more thing, Nick. Bleep. One more thing. Bleep. One more thing. Do you know what? Bleep. One more thing. Oh, he's hilarious. Honestly, he should, he should have his own show. Lovely, lovely character. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to suggest that to Bobby. Um, I'm going to leave that one with you, Bobby, if you're listening, mate. Um, but yeah, Michael, um, nice to get a bit of laughter in on a, on a Misery Fest show. So a big thank you, Michael Avery, no for joining me. And check out, uh, check out my show on the, on Nick's. Yeah, the Dockers debate, um, RF Town, uh, going well. Great, great. Nice, even if you nice don't, even if you don't stuff, like non-league football, we try and have a bit of a laugh as well. I mean, the, the best one the other day was... Uh, the one that the one the one that I had to laugh. I don't know. I'll leave this in. But there was the, you know, the mental health show, and the chap from the mental health charity was uh, talking. I'm thinking to myself, because I edit this show, listeners. A few minutes. I went, okay, mate, wrap it up now. We made your point. <laughs> wrap it up. He's still going on. Eight minutes. Eight minutes worth. Blimey, you know. Anyway, I'll leave it there. <laughs> Big thank you, Michael no Avery. See you Saturday, everyone. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good afternoon, Nick Carter. This is Bobby T. Cheeky Khan from the night after the storm or the tragic 
massacre which happened last night at the den. The teams come to us now and they don't fear us at the den. It used to be a fortress. Anyway, I've all calm now. I just wanted to raise some points for your podcast show maybe this week before the cup final against Wednesday. Let's cast our minds back to um Joey Joey Edwards' first game. Sheffield Wednesday away, four 0 Tiki Taki football. Played like Brazil, a passing. All our fans were happy. The way we pass, yeah, and the, it was a batch of Wednesday. They had no Brandon, um, Brandon, their star player, no Gregory, in fact. Anyway, and look, we wiped the floor with them, passing. We all thought, well, Mill, look at this. We're going to finish top four, top five. And his style of football, like last night tactics, there was no press, there was no energy, there was no passion. But the first game when Coffey scored that and Wes Harden and all the fans were on him. Um, and we thought, oh, Mel, oh, oh, we love this manager. And now, look, they're calling for his heads. And I'm one of them. I mean, do I trust the process? That's the whole point I'm trying to say to you, Nick, and all the fans. Tell me what you think, because I've slightly calmed down. Yeah, I swear a lot. I'm passionate. I say how it is to your podcast, Mickey and the old Millwall podcast. I mean, these two are the best. Anyway, let me just say Saturday is the cup final and it all started good with Jerry Edwards. But now, I think time's running out. But clueless tactics. Yes, he played for Chelsea, Chelsea Youth Academy, England, Antoine, Everton, Lampard, whatever. It's just not a good fit, basically. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he doesn't look bothered. Anyway, that's my point, basically. Roll on Saturday. If we lose, I think he has to get a taxi and walk. And I'm, as you can see, I'm really calm now, but I'm just giving you my points now. I'm a very passionate Millwall fan. Take care, Nick Hart. The first game for Wednesday, we smashed them. We all fans got happy. Now, look, did you see last night's crowd? Shocking. Anyway, take care, Nick. Probably tricky. No one likes us, so we don't care. We thank you, Bobby. Um, thank you for the kind words, mate. Much appreciated. And also, on Nicky's behalf, TMP. Um, ticky tacky football. Yeah, I, I don't mind what we play. To be honest with you, Bob, um, I think that the the situation is at the moment it can't continue. Unten- untenable is the word that I'm trying to find. Um, something's got to give. Um, as we've said repeatedly on these two shows, I don't personally think the squad are playing for Joe Edwards. What lies behind that is. Um, take your pick. What what you think is behind that? But I found it, it it's it's a it's a shocking situation when professional players clearly, as they weren't last night in the first half, giving their manager one hundred percent. Given the 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 vital nature of of, of the um, each game from here onwards, as you say, cup final was a good way to put it on Saturday, Bob. Um, I, I shall be there. I wasn't there last night, so I can't really complain about the crowd last night because I wasn't there myself. In fact, it was on telly persuaded me i've had a busy day for one various reasons which uh shan't go into and i couldn't make it over in the end so it was on the telly so it's convenient I, I dare say other people took the same view it certainly worked for the football and the exhilaration of going down to denver that's for sure but big thank you to bobby t mr cheeky for that that um first message on on what is going to be quite a few messages actually one way or the other next up let's have a listen to chicago joe and dave baccarini from different parts of the world. Joe from Chicago. Sorry, I gotta be quick. Uh, the Chicago Fire are playing a preseason match that I have to cover right now, which is the last thing I want to do after 4 0. 
So let me say, as we all have said, fuck. Nick, Dave here, the not so optimistic Aussie. Whoa, that was X rated stuff last night. Well, I'm sure you'll get enough of people phoning in with fairly negative views, and quite rightly so. But I'm going to try and pick on two particular aspects that from this point on, Joe Edwards needs to work on. The first one is he's got to decide if he's going to persist with his style of football. I'm sure we all, most of us will believe it's the way to go in the future. But as the games are going by, we seem to be reverting for very long periods of time in a game to row at ball. We didn't play the ball out much in a round last night. It's not as though our defenders were getting caught in possession and goals were coming from it. We were hitting it long to poor old bradders and the like. So I think we were going to st stick with them, the Edwards ball. Or if he's going to go route ball, then he has to, you know, uh, work out how he's going to do that. And my second point, and this really is linked to the first, I think for these last 14 games, I think we've got to concentrate on really making the defence solid. And that's not just the back four or five, but it's the whole team as a unit. That was one thing that Raul was good. When we had our good run, it was 1-0, 1-0, 2-0. We didn't let goals in, and that's really what we've got to do. So I think, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to really work on making our defence tight so we can win games 1-0, because I think that's what we're going to need to do. Anyway... Sheffield Wednesday, here we come. Come on, you Lions. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Um, Joe, I hear you and feel your pain out there in Chicago, mate. And Dave, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, not so optimistic, Aussie, as you say, mate. Um, I do agree about the style and the defence. Um, we have to... If we accept we have to survive, and I don't buy into this idea that we've mentioned a few times, saw it again, uh, Danny Baker is now banging on about how getting relegated is uh, it's not such a bad thing. I, I don't buy that. I, I, I think it's going to be a very, very tough thing for, to, for us to come back from. Um, so if we're going to accept we've got to survive, we've got to stop conceding silly goals, the only way you're going to do that, I think, is, is to try to strengthen the defence. Now, whether that means you persist with the same players, albeit um, pulled back to defend deep, I don't know. Um, I'm not the football brain that um, you know knows how to do that but certainly I agree with you uh, Dave that we don't want to concede a goal if we, at least if we're not conceding goals we're in for a shot of a draw or possibly even a win if um, you know if, if we get lucky um, so no I agree uh, I think certainly any any further progress on style um, you know modern football whatever you want to call it, it's got to wait to the summertime when we can have a proper clear out of the current squad and I stand by all the things that we've said in this show and on the previous show about the squad letting down Joe Edwards and not giving him 100% because we did not see 100% from those players last night anyway move along let's go now with um, John Rankin and uh, and Lawrence Binney hello Nick hi listeners John Rankin just calling in after that well, massacre. Was it St. Valentine's Day massacre? Uh, Mark two. God, absolutely dreadful. What, what can you say about a performance like that? I mean, again, you know, started so brightly. Um, looked good. First 15 minutes, maybe even 20 minutes. And then defensive error. Uh, it was Jake Cooper on the left. Was He was trying to guide a ball out for uh, a Millwall throw. And he just, you know, fluffed it basically and let the winger in. 
Norwega nipped it between his legs, I think, and carried on that forced corner, and then we had the goal. And then it was a catalogue of mistakes from Wes Harding. I mean, he looked absolutely like a rabbit caught in the headlights after all those mistakes. I'm not sure whether it was the right thing for Joe Edwards to take him off at half-time. I mean, that's him crushed now. There's no way he's coming back from that. I, I wouldn't pick him again if I was manager. Um, you either let him play and redeem himself to take him off after, you know, those dreadful howlers and an own goal is just rubbing salt in the wounds. And I think that shows, for me, Joe Edwards' naivety and I think he has to go, to be honest with you. Um, I think we need to maybe get someone in as managers around there who will be able to save us, uh, reorganise the... Uh, the pack, get the defence sorted out, um, play boring football and grind out, you know, uh, one nil victories and get us away from the relegation zone by the end of the season. That's what is required. Uh, you know, it was just a shocker. It was just a shocking performance. I mean, I sat there. I mean, you know, I, I'm able to be philosophical because obviously... I'm 59 in March, I've supported Millwall, you know, I come from New Cross, I was born in Broccoli, raised in New Cross, I've supported Millwall since I was six, seven years of age, and I'm used to this, you know, I'm used to this sort of stuff going on, um, so I can be philosophical and I can laugh, but it still hurts though, to be honest with you, I mean, we sat there in the CBL, me and my son, uh, one of my mates that I've known since I was seven, he buggered off at half time, you know, and he's a, he's been going to the cold blow lane end with me, you know, since I was seven or eight years of age. I mean, you know, he went went at half-time and that's soul-destroying to see that. And to have 3,000, you know, Ipswich fans completely drowning all of us out, singing at the top of their voices as though we were the away team. I mean, we looked like a, you know, like a League Two, like an amateur outfit against them. They were never, ever in trouble, um, you know, Ipswich. We never threatened. They must have thought all their Christmases had come at once because... We were just pony, absolutely pony. I've got my own reasons why I think we are playing so badly. Um, I think it's lack of leadership, both on the field and now off the field. Um, you cannot just keep saying the same thing over and over again, which is what Joe Edwards is doing. Um, he's, to me, you know, he's got to go. He's got to go um, because we've had these capitulations at home for too long now. And we just need, you know, anyone on the staff, senior players to get a grip, take charge, organise themselves and uh, keep us up in the championship. But also what it does require as well is, you know, it's got to require investment from, from James Berylson. We all know it was tragic what happened in the summer. We all know what a fantastic chairman John Berylson's been. But listen, you know, James, you've got to start putting money into this club uh, because otherwise um, it's not really fair on the supporters. I mean, from my perspective, you know, I mean, we had a horrendous journey up. It took us three hours to get, but it's my choice to live on the south coast. You know, I left London, so I can't complain about that. But lots of our core fan base now live outside the old catchment area. And it's it's a hard place to get to, uh, Millwall. And it's a hard place to get out from as well. I mean... Not too bad if you live in Dartford and those areas, but anywhere beyond, you know, and you're struggling. Um, you know, we left home at four o'clock and we, we got back at midnight to be subjected to that. Uh, embarrassing, really. Um, and I, and I, feel the, I feel the passion of the younger, you know, there are people hanging around 
um, in the in the stands with us waiting to vent their spleen on the players, you know, and you know, I, I was with them. I'm not. I don't feel that way much anymore. Um, you know, I've I've seen it all, lived it all, and I just shrug my shoulders. And I'm a supporter, so I don't care where we are. You know, if we're non-league, I'll still go. I can only ever support one club, and that's Millwall. You know, my dad supported them, my granddad supported them, my son supports them. That's the way it is. Uh, you know, I only care about one club, Millwall. Um, so we're in trouble. Um, it's going to take changes and a new structure. And, you know, I, I would I would certainly get rid of Joe Edwards. Um, just get rid of him and just bring, you know, Adam Barrett in with some senior players because they're going to do a better job. His experiment will not work with these players and I don't think he can actually see it and believe it. Um, and taking Wes Arden off at half-time, I think, for me, was a poor, poor decision. That's buried, that bloke. And, you know, he's not as bad as people make out. He's 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 made some howlers, uh, but we all do that in life. And he's now buried. He's never coming back from that. So, anyway, over and out. See you later. Come on, you lions. Hello, Nick. Uh, Lawrence Finney here. Poor Joe Edwards. Um, I feel like he didn't even uh, didn't even get time to be warned about the Ides of March. Then turning in uh, extremely quick fashion tonight, um, in a way that I haven't seen for a, a long while. Actually, I'm trying to think, the last time we had a crowd turn like that, that viciously, it didn't really happen under Rowett. Maybe at a few away games, but. Never, never quite to that extent. Um, but yeah, um, crowd playing role of Brutus and uh, Joe Edwards looking very, uh, very sheepish. Sat down with his his coat up on the bench. Um, not good. A real shame. Feel like maybe the right man for the job in a in a different era um, with better footballers. Um, but he's tried to do too much too quick um, and his naivety is now costing us um, would like nothing more than for us to to get over the finish line and, and hopefully stay up and see what he could do over summer but I just don't really see that happening at the moment I'm not going to talk too much about the game but I will say it was a very nice very tasty 13 degrees um, for a, a mid-February uh, midweek game, so you know, small mercies and all that. Cheers, Nick. Roll on, Sheffield Wednesday. Some fantastic classical references in there from Lawrence. Do like that on this show, listeners. Bit of Caesar, bit of Brutus. Um, poor, poor Joe Edwards, and I think that's Robinson Crusoe's parrot, isn't it? Poor, poor Robinson. Um, yeah, well, unfortunately, I think the Mill crowd has probably had a gutful over many years now of um, piss poor performances. <laughs> That's my take on it. I thought, John, some really interesting points you've made there, and, and I hadn't really thought about the impact on Wes Harding of being substituted at halftime after a mare, absolute mare of a first half. Um I wonder, I wonder, and this is pure speculation because I hadn't thought of it until John, you mentioned it there, but 
clearly there's a problem, an issue within the squad. There's clearly um, a difference of, of, of opinion with some of the leading lights of our squad, who, as we've said repeatedly in this show, and I shall say it again before I go on, um, have let us down, embarrassed us repeatedly, last night especially, but other times too. But I do wonder whether Joe Edwards is naive, as you put it there, John, whether that has been taken as a slight on um, a senior player, a respected player. Um, I've listened to Wes speak on the um, TV channel, Mill TV, and he comes across as a decent bloke. And I wonder whether that um, is being seen as him being shat upon, you know, by, from a great height by a manager that has not been in his shoes. And I wonder whether there's a, that's the root of the problem. Um, John, you're quite clear on sacking Edwards. Um, yeah, I, I, it's the replacement and what happens next. I mean, number one beyond all else is survival in the championship. So Saturday's game, it seems as though, as I'm speaking, I've not seen the old corner flag image yet, so I'm going to guess he's with us for Saturday. So that's going to be a huge match. Big thank you, though, to... To John and to, and to Lawrence, let's go to Matt Webb now. And then Jim Hackett. Nick, sorry, I'm just going to message you from half-time. Oh, fuck me, that was too grueling. Um, if there was ever an advert for players not playing for a manager, well, Millwall Football Club, our prize advert for that. Yes, people can blame the manager. Yes, he puts that team out but he cannot, cannot control the absolute fucking embarrassment of that half. I've been thinking for a long time, Cooper can fuck off. He ain't a captain. He can't even defend at the moment. Where's Harding? He had his swan song, had his few games. Again, fuck off, mate. You ain't good enough. You ain't even good enough for Rotherham. Murray Wallace, well, fucking hell. I think I can get past him and I'm fucking for it two stone overweight. Absolutely fucking embarrassing, mate. Really am. Hi, Nick. Um, yeah, I sent a very heated, emotional uh, message at half time. Um, but I'll probably have a little bit more calmer. And to be fair, I calmed in the second half of I was honest with you because. I just felt, what's the bloody point? Ranting and raving. Ain't gonna get us nowhere in life, is it? But I want, I want to congratulate Mill, um, the players for tonight. And what I want to do is congratulate them on how to advertise themselves as a group of men who don't want to play for the manager and doesn't want to play for the fans. Tonight was embarrassing. You're in front of the cameras, you're in front of the Berylson family, and you put on a shower of shit. End of. And absolutely folded like a deck of cards. That wasn't that was beyond unacceptable. It really was. I expect manager. I expect Mill to do a swift reaction to this don't know what I mean there probably is a lot of options one being for Edwards to knock on the Berylson family's door and hand in his resignation because that's probably what most people want 
or they get into training first thing in the morning and they work their bollocks off every day until Saturday morning. I'm just, I think apoplectic is the word. And also, I've learnt something as well tonight. Never praise a player after a couple of games. And I'll refer to Mr. Wesley Harding. Tony Witter Mark II. That's who he is. Absolute piss poor tonight. Not a defender. And do you know what? There was cracks in him ever since his return from injury. Jake Cooper. Never been a captain. Never will be a captain. Slow. Out of position. Gave the ball away. Not good enough. Murray Wallace. Again. Not good enough. Got done. Okay. Unfortunate for the penalty, but not good enough. I mean... I also need to question, why the hell do we have to have every free kick lumped up to Jay Cooper? It don't take a rocket science to work out what Millwall are going to be doing. Where's the variation? Right? Where's the options? It's beyond boring. But there's got to be something fundamentally wrong at the moment with the club. And I can't imagine that Joe Edwards has gone to his players today and went, do you know what, lads? Play like that. Every free kick, lump it to the big man. There's got to be some bit of player power. I, I'm, you can't expect a performance like that and think there's some kind of player revolt or player power, which does happen in the game. And it's not just Mill that this has happened. It's happened in many different clubs that players feel like they can control the club. But something's got to give. Okay? Something really has to give. I think, I really do think um, the doors have just crept open into Last Chance Saloon and Joe Edwards has just walked in there because he's now in Last Chance Saloon. Because if we roll over like that on Saturday, you know, it'll be game, set and match. So... We're all probably pissed off by now, and you're probably going to get a bit more vociferous voicemails. But I, I, it's just, just shit, mate. So I'll see you on Saturday. Come on, new lines. Hi, Nick. Jim Hackett here. Um, an hour or so after the the game finished, and I've just feel really flat I think after watching that it's it's very difficult I think I, I don't know how anybody else feels but it's very difficult for me to see how we we're moving forward at all I think the the Joe Edwards project experiment call it what you want I think it's really come back and is biting the club on the ass because we're going nowhere he's got no um or he doesn't seem to have the ability to to get these players firing and the, the tinkering he does from game to game, it might be fantastic when you're a coach and you can you can sort of understand all these little intricacies of of what you want from a team. But somewhere along the line, why wouldn't you just put your best team out there of blokes who will actually 
fight for the cause. Get defenders defending. Why on earth would Cooper not just wipe that ball out? Just get rid of it rather than try and play some lovely football and but he lose the ball and then he leads to a corner, leads to a goal and it all goes tits up from there. And I think it's it's that bit of what's going on. And I just watched Edwards on his uh, interview saying, you know, he, he doesn't prepare for people to make mistakes, but it's the same people making the same mistakes that, that are causing all these problems. And he's, I think it all comes back to his trying to instill a style of football that just isn't suited to these players. He, he didn't realise that Ipswich, by just playing against our two in the centre of the park, our two in the centre of the park today, Honeyman and um, Savile, never laid a glove on Ipswich in the first half. They didn't put one tackle in between them. And and that is criminal, you know, when you, you're talking about a game at home that they should be able to sort of get stuck in a little bit. But the sort of football that we are playing is just inviting teams to play football around us. They can see out wide we're just pretty, we're getting skinned. We have no threat at all. And going forward, we don't make defenders work hard at all. So, you know, for me, it, it doesn't have to be 4-4-2, but somehow we've got to get away of getting two forwards in there so we can work the opposition and we've got to stop our defenders from playing so much football that they can't really defend. And I, I felt sorry for the players because I think they're, they're being asked to do something they're not capable of doing. But at the same time, when you saw the lack of fight in them, it was it was disgraceful and that was upsetting knowing that there's better players in there that can actually, you know, on a good day, can actually fight a little bit more. Now, we've got some games coming up, the Sheffield Wednesday game on Saturday, suddenly becomes such a massive job that, you know, if he's going to tinker again with the team and who's he going to put out? Because whatever he wants to do, it doesn't seem to be working. It's all right saying Tanganga isn't or wasn't fit when he came in. He then plays him in two big games. He makes mistakes, drops him. You know, so what's the point in getting him in? Why doesn't he put him back in? And Leonard, and but he, I don't know, Cooper. I think Cooper is, at the moment, he looks like a man who's really shell-shocked. And, you know, would it be better leaving him out and playing a back four so that we actually can get a solid platform of defenders and and go forward from there? But, you know, leaving Denor out. And I, I just can't grasp it, me. And, I, and I'm not upset about it. I'm getting more and more angry about it. For me, and I, in the in my own mind, I think it's it's a job that's too big for Joe Edwards. I think the 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 experiment of it, I think, has gone really poorly, and we were bluffed, if you like, around Christmas time, where we did get some results, and we kept these four clean sheets that Edwards seems to keep referring back to. But when you look at it since then, we've been an absolute nightmare to watch as a team, to give goals away, to give games away, to give points away. And all that's happening is we're getting drawn further and further down and we're now fourth from bottom, and quite rightly as well, because we just can't put any results together. So I think the Sheffield Wednesday game, it's big. Has he got it in him to put a team out that can actually compete and uh, do their bit? I think if you look at the team tonight, nobody's walked off there with a lot of credit. If anybody... I'd say probably Leonard and possibly Fleming, you know, just for the effort they put in. But as for the the team as a whole, I thought they were woeful tonight. The 
they really don't seem to understand what's required. And if that's not coming from the manager, I don't know where it should be coming from. But for me, it's uh, it's a project that that looks knackered. I know everybody will have an opinion now, but for me, Saturday could be a, a a bad day for Joe Edwards if he didn't get the result. All right, so onwards and uh, downwards by the looks of it. So come on, you Lions. Onwards and downwards indeed, Jim. Um, big thank you for Jim Hackett. And before him, Matt Webb, two great messages, which really sum up the situation. Um, I mean, I don't know about anyone else. I'm, I'm going round and round in circles with the whole Joe Edwards thing. Um, I understand everything that uh, Jim's just said. Um, the lack of effort is the thing where I'm sticking with it because I can see all of the criticisms that, that um, you know, you've made there, Jim. I, I get the uh, the lack of uh, tactical uh, quality now, so whatever way you want to put it. What I can't forgive is not to try, and that's what we didn't see in that first half because by the end of the first half, we were justifiably 3-0 down. Possibly could have been a couple more, but um, it was the lack of effort, and that, and that I find unforgivable. Um, but good stuff there. I suppose also um, we've touched on the, the, the kind of essential um, tension between being a coach, which is what his title is, head coach, which is to improve the players that he's got, versus a manager, which has a slightly more all-encompassing uh, vision, doesn't it, as to what kind of players he wants and what he wants from... I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it, I don't know. But um, yeah, I agree, certainly. Certainly, uh, Saturday is a huge, huge fixture. Um, anything less than the win, I think, is deeply in trouble. Okay, you're going to run a few messages one after the other now, um, including start off with the Aussies. Let's start with the, some Australian sunshine surf and optimism. Let's go with Dean Vazic and Jamie Mack, and then we'll continue on from there. Hi Nick, uh, Dean from Australia here, um, just uh, giving you my thoughts after the comprehensive 4-0 loss to Ipswich and yeah it's hard to believe that uh, this is the same team that played over the Christmas period that uh, couldn't concede a goal, uh, they didn't concede a goal for four games and you look at it now, I mean that defence was just a shambles, uh, I was too slow, Jay Cooper got caught out a couple of times just being too slow. You know, simple crosses uh, into the box, just not dealt with. Um, and they weren't threatening either. So, you know, crosses into the box. And, yeah, it was just uh, just schoolboy sort of stuff. Um, we're in a relegation dogfight now, which is unfortunate. I still think we've got enough to get out of it. Uh, obviously, a big game coming up against Sheffield Wednesday. I just want your thoughts on the first goal because it looked like to me... Their player played it back to the guy that took the corner who was in an offside position by a fair way. Um, yeah, I thought uh, that should have been called offside. Look, it probably doesn't matter. They would have scored anyway probably soon after. But uh, still, I thought um, that was uh, offside and uh, should have been, um, yeah, shouldn't have been a goal. But uh, yeah, a lot, to, a lot to work on. Yeah, I've just looked at our um, standing, oh, the standings and where we are on the ladder. We've only scored 31 goals in 32 games as well. You look at the bottom teams, they just haven't scored goals and that's where we are at uh, right now as well. We, we don't uh, we don't have enough quality in the final third and you know, uh, now uh, the defence has just uh, yeah, crumbled. Um, he, he obviously rushed back Ryan Leonard uh, today as well. 
Uh, look, he's a quality player, but probably rushed him in. Wasn't uh, totally match fit. But, yeah, um, Wes Harding probably not up to the championship level. Jay Cooper probably not up to the championship level. I thought I think Murray Wallace still is. I know that that's probably um, – there's a bit of conjecture with that one, but I, I still think there's you know, a championship quality uh, left back uh, there. But uh, outside of that, um, you don't have much. Sean Hutchinson needs to come back to help us out. But uh, keep up the great work, Nick. Uh, it's obviously hard to stay positive, but um, I'm optimistic uh, we can turn it around. Uh, yeah, um, a week is a long time in football, as they say. Thanks, Nick. Hello, Nick. Um, just giving you a call from the sunny climbs of Queenscliff, Australia, on a scuba camp. Um, got up at seven to watch the match, and kind of went as expected. Team looked shot of confidence. The opposition seemed to have worked out straight away that if you're going to pass the ball to our not so confident defenders and go wide that they can charge them down. They then only have the option of then trying to put past that diagonal ball into midfield. That is now being charged down as well. It's just complete panic at the back. Not many great performances in there. Um, <clears throat> Bradshaw and Fleming didn't really get much service. Needed probably maybe a bit more pace. Um, SA looked okay, but still raw. Not capable of that performance of dominating a side that just sort of ticks over and bounces around, could blame injuries, could blame this Rowett's team, but we need to find a way to win, that's the main thing. But jumped on the boat, went scuba diving, day got worse, ear was perforated. Oh, come on you lions, next week, come on. A bad day scuba diving in the Queensland sunshine, uh, Jamie, sounds like a pretty good day to me. Um, Two great messages there from uh, from Dean and then from from Jamie. I mean, both touching on the defensive collapse. It's there's there's been a collapse in um, morale or what do you want to call it in in leadership on the field. Just the the fact that we're tolerating piss poor performances at the moment. I think there's that 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 there's like an acceptance that comes when a team is almost do you doom yourself with a relegation season, don't you? And we've seen it before. Most recently, um, when you know, when Holloway went into tailspin, but then if you go back further, back in the mid two thousands, when we got uh, relegated about four or five different managers, but the season still lies in our own hands. No matter how fumbling and how incompetent the squad and management have been, so let's keep our fingers crossed for Saturday. So huge thanks, Dean and Jamie from Australia. Let's close out the show. Now. I'm going to do four in succession to finish this extended edition of Achtung Millwall. We're going to go with Ben Anthony, then we're going to follow it up with Bill Slack, David Liederkramer, and we're going to complete with Glenn Horn. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's contributed to the show this week. And I want to say thank you to you too, dear listeners, for tuning in as ever. Um, I'm hoping that we've got some better news at the weekend, and my fingers are crossed. But until the next edition of Achtung Millwall, it's me, Nick Hart, signing out for now. And uh, we're going to play out with those four messages. So, uh, till the next edition, Arrivederci, Milwaukee. Bye for now. Hello, everyone. Uh, ben Anthony calling in. Um, oh, I don't know what to say about what we saw tonight. Uh, I've I'm struggling to put the words together. I've not seen us like that for um, well, a very long time. This squad is not like that. That is a group of players that 
looked like for me in the first half like they they were throwing the game i i can't put it any other way it looked like they had totally decided to go against any kind of instruction uh and go against the spirit of the game they didn't look like they wanted to get anything out of it uh they didn't turn up at all and uh that's kind of unforgivable um we as a fan base expect as a minimum uh the the effort the passion and desire to get a result and to run for lost causes and to try and win the ball and do everything you can to to keep keep it tight at the back and and try and and hit teams and, and shock teams and make it tough make it a tough difficult place to come to the den and that's that's what we expect we know that we're not the best set of players and we know that there are better teams than us and we're realistic about that but you, that tonight was yes a better team than us and yes a, a, a solid group of players and a, a group of players that, that knew you know that we together and knew what they were doing but they came up against a, a Millwall side that are in complete disarray completely lacking in any kind of leadership completely lacking in any kind of bollocks uh in any kind of um passion there was there was very little on show there tonight after after maybe 10 minutes of you know a, a little bit of a modicum of effort a few fairly tame shots directly at the goalkeeper not really worth talking about there's very few people to come out of that with uh, any credit for me. Um, you can talk about, uh, I think, Danny McNamara. Uh, and I think George Honeyman, maybe George Savile, maybe Ryan Leonard. That's about it. They're the only players I can think of that deserve any kind of credit. Uh, just because I don't think it was their fault. I don't think it was from... Um, from lack of trying on their part, but some of the others, I've been a big praiser of Wes Harding. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jake Cooper's. Been pretty patient with Zian Fleming, but none of them showed any kind of professionalism tonight. Let alone, uh, let alone talent. And uh, I I don't know where we go from here. We've, we've got a massive game on Saturday that regardless of uh, league position and what happens for the rest of the season, there's enough games. But regardless of that, just for a bit of professional pride, they need to win that game. Uh, but I don't know. Can you see it? Can I don't... After tonight, I, I'm struggling to see where you go from here. And I just... That's the question. After the first half, what was that? Was was that a team that's given up on the season? Was that a team that's given up on each other? Is that a team that's given up on the management? I don't know what that was, but it wasn't professional in any way. And they deserved everything they got at the end, the booze and being told their shit. And they, they, they should take it and they should listen to it. Um, And if they don't want to be here, then they can fuck off 
frankly. If they don't want to be here, don't come on Saturday. Don't play the game. Don't don't turn up. Just fuck off. Because if you if you don't want to put the effort in, you're not welcome at the den. Let's hope for better on Saturday. Hello, Nick. Bill Slack here. I didn't send the voicemail I recorded um, after Coventry um, for a couple of reasons. One, because I'm sick to death of the sound of my own voice on Acton Millwall. And secondly, I really convinced myself that I was that bloke who just never stopped moaning. You know, there was a load of supporters still posting after that game, trust the process. In Edwards we trust and we've got to change our style of play and it, it'll come good and, you know, we're having good periods of games. Um, and I just thought maybe I'm I'm just on one with, with Edwards and the club and that um, I was being really unfair and I didn't really want to be that bloke. Um, you know, the absolute fucking knob who just rings up and moans. But having been down there tonight, Having watched what I've just watched, um, I, I, there can't be any doubt left, can there, that if a change isn't made and soon, we are going to get relegated. Um, I think QPR are as bad as us by the sound of it. I heard a match report on the way home and I think they've won one game in eight. So they may rescue us. Um, but I, I can't believe what I'm watching. I think that people are blaming the players and saying it, it, it's not Edward's fault, it's the players. But those players don't believe in what they're being told. They've got no confidence in what they're being told or, or, or how they're being asked to play. Um, I watched Edwards on Sky Sports a minute ago and you can almost feel sympathy for the fella. And then you think, well, hang on a fucking minute. Um, he left Inore on the bench tonight. Uh, there's no excuse for that. There's no earthly tactical reason to leave what I think was our best player at Coventry on the bench tonight. It's just, there's there's nothing in that team. It is a shell of a team. And you can't not lay blame at the manager's door. He sets them up. He prepares them for games it, 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 that 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 team is so devoid of confidence even when we go one up we're shitting ourselves and that comes from the top that 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 team has gone that team does not believe in what that bloke is doing um and for months now um i've been talking into my phone and sending these messages to you via whatsapp saying He's never managed an adult football team and some someone in that club, we all know who it is, someone in that club has recommended that fella and he's got the job and just, I've said it before, just trying to be too fucking clever. You do not give a bloke who's got no experience in a job, a job as big as that, you just don't. And my biggest concern, and I, I said it almost exactly, um, what happens when it all goes tits? Is he is he going to be able? Is he going to have that experience to fall back on? Is he going to know 
what to do. And what he proved tonight is that he hasn't got a fucking clue. I un Ipswich are a really good side. They got they've got more money than we could ever hope to have. Um, but we've um, what is it now, Nick? Um, one point in eight is it, or or one point in seven? Um, letting goals in for fun, no confidence. It is a relegation team. I don't think hopes completely lost but we're going to <laughs> going to Sheffield Wednesday Saturday on the back of that performance there'll be a lot more supporters there um those supporters will turn um me and you are old enough to to have seen it and seen it all all before um they will turn and I I I, I don't understand that I don't I don't understand how Fizz can say that Somebody like me has has got the football knowledge of half a Mars bar when it's it's been as clear as the nose on your fucking face that there is something seriously wrong with that team. And it has to go beyond the quality of the players because they were half a game of football off of the playoffs last year and we've improved the squad. It hasn't worked. It was a risk that they had no right taking. I feel fucking badly let down by the club and the decision and the appointment. Um, I, I can't... Well, I, listen, your listeners will, will fucking understand. I, I think that's two games in nine now. We've won at home. I, I, I can't walk out of the den feeling embarrassed and listening to another away support take the fucking piss out of us. This is Millwall Football Club. This is the fucking den. And we, we every single fucking week, almost without foul... We get we're getting some fucking team or other coming down there and wiping the floor with us, and we've still got supporters saying it ain't the manager's fault. I, I, I don't understand. I'm hoping the penny's dropping with, with more of us. We have to make a change, otherwise we're going down. I'll speak to you soon, mate. Hi, Nick. Uh, David Liederkramer here, um, coming home from probably one of the worst nights I've had at the den for a long time and uh, that's saying something because we've put in some really shocking performances over the last couple of years on occasions. Um, as always started brightly, 10 minutes looked pretty good I thought um, and then as always it just falls apart but the defensive errors are absolutely unacceptable. I mean really it was they were right in front of me, I, could, I just couldn't believe it. The, I mean, I don't think Cooper has had a worse game for Millwall um, in his career for us, which is saying something. And Harding looked awful. Sarkic really didn't play well. Interestingly enough, one or two of the others did actually have reasonable games. I thought McNamara and um, I thought Savile did quite well. I thought um, Denor, when he came on, did OK. But, you know, we just don't seem to create anything. And they, we were second to the ball all the time. Um, we just we just looked absolutely um, sort of third rate all all the way across the pitch. Really, poor Bradshaw. I don't mean, he hardly got a, had a sniff of the ball, and then we sort of lump it up to him, and they they cut everything out. But as I say, it was a really really poor performance. I didn't even think Ipswich were that brilliant to be honest in the first half. To go in three 0 was extraordinary given the situation. They had you know some good players, but it was an amazing situation. So the big question is, do we get rid of 
Edwards, um, which a lot of people around me were talking about. I have to say that unless there's somebody who really can come in and galvanise the team, I think it's pretty pointless. It's the same set of players that Rowett had, and it's this, you know, it'll be the same set of players again, unless there's somebody who can really motivate the side and really start to lead the team rather than just allow things to happen. I think we, we're really in trouble, big, big trouble. And we have to get three points against Sheffield Wednesday, not because it's the end of the season, but because we have to stop this run. OK, over and out. Hello, Nick. Uh, Glenn here. So I've just watched the Ipswich game and um, actually something came from this, which I was thinking of calling in about anyway. But uh, essentially what we've seen today is three of our back four, each one contributing through an error or a mistake um, to the to at least three of the goals that, that actually got scored today. And then the final one, I, I think um, you have to look and wonder why Kiefer Moore had uh, a, a circle of two metres of space all around him without a single Millwall player challenging him for that for that ridiculous header that went in. Um, only Danny Mack out of that back four, I think, comes out with any sort of credit. Uh, but even he was, I would say, passable at best. Uh, and, and I think this leads to the, the point I wanted to make, which is Joe Edwards often makes criticism of, of the mistakes that are being made. And I, and I think this maybe speaks to his um, naivety in, in having not ever played the game at a professional level. So he has this expectation that somehow if you keep drilling it into the players, you'll be able to take these mistakes out of their game. Uh, and I think, unfortunately... I think his expectations are just too high for these players. And um, this will do for him, I'm afraid. Uh, Even I now, and I wanted him to succeed, and I I really liked some of the flashes of brilliance that we saw uh, in in recent performances. But I I looked at that tonight and I just thought, it's over, I'm afraid. It's done. I don't think you're going to come out of this. And it's not necessarily all his fault or even the majority his fault. I think he's just come into this, he's looked at the players he's got and he's thought, I'm going to try something and I'll just train the players not to make mistakes and they are incapable of it. Um, so unfortunately, the way I feel right now is I think he's, his naivety and the, having not played the game at that level and he, his inability to understand that these players are just not capable of doing what he needs them to do um, is, is leading us to this position where we are now and the players just aren't good enough. Quite simply, that that's what it is. Um, so we are in a relegation battle, and I think what what we need right now is a really pragmatic, stoic, you know, seasoned campaigner manager to come in and just stop the rot. And and I'm really sorry to say this because I wanted Joe Edwards to succeed, but I think that experiment has now failed, and it's time to move on. And I was one of the people just after Christmas who was probably criticising those who were calling for his head after a month or so in the job. But, um, you know, maybe they were right now looking back. So anyway, that's how it feels tonight. Maybe I'll feel better in the morning. But, um, yeah, let's let's hope that the club make, takes action because I fear if they if they stick with Joe for much longer, it's going to be too late and we'll be we'll be playing in League One next season. Anyway, um Let's hope for some sort of um, outcome this week and uh, come on you, Lions. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.